Yo, you already know what it is, man. It's your boy Ano for the Streets. Welcome to the Ano for the Streets podcast. Today we got a special guest on the podcast. Somebody you've been listening to on the radio almost every day. You feel me? <laughs> on Flow ninety three point five, been killing the game. He's been putting a lot for the city, especially the, the independent artists in the city. You know what I mean? He actually opened a door for for artists to be heard in the city, especially across Canada and the world. This guy is the man. He's doing it. He's one of the selfless guy in the city. Yo, yo, tell them about you, man. Let them know. Let let them know who's in the building right now, man. Yo, what up? It's your man Ricochet. <laughs> uh, Flow ninety three five made in Toronto. Takeover. Ill kids. People. Been around them times they know what it is yeah man, i'm out here brother you know what it is yeah say less say less man i really appreciate you taking your time to do this man because i know you're a busy guy like you're always on the radio when i'm driving man i always listen to you like for real for it so yeah nah bees uh, i <laughs> f- appreciate you for having me man you've been doing a lot um for the city for the culture for the game yeah man so it's uh yeah man anytime broski you know when we could chop it up together it's always a good time yo facts facts man i've been trying my thing you know networking and things like that metro at the club and i'm like yo bro we're gonna connect one day i don't know when it's gonna be but we're gonna connect one day. like you know one day like, man <laughs> said the club that feels like ages ago ages. You know, when's the last time somebody's been in a club but yeah ages i'm the mm-hmm. type of person when i meet people i don't try to connect with them right away i'm like yo one day whenever it happens it happens when the universe right. connect us together i never pu- try to push myself on people you know what i mean right like I always no, but you do it the right way. Like, and I was telling um a story the other day. I'm like, we live in an era where like these days somebody finna grill you before yeah. they finna dap you up. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when it comes to strangers. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, more people need to have your approach, man. You came in with like, you know, just a good vibe. And I was like, yo, I, I mess with this dude, you know. So whatever you, you know, whatever you're doing, I'm with. You know what I mean? That was kind of the vibe right. from when I met you. Facts, I, yo, I had to salute you. You know, I had to give you your flowers. Because one thing I realized in this world, people don't like to give people their flowers while they're alive. They wait till the person's gone. Oh, man, it, this person was the best. I'll let you know right now, bro. You're the best at what you do. I appreciate I give you your flowers and, and told you, like, yo, we got to connect one day. But, yeah, so to get started, let the people know, like, know how you got started in this whole music game. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, shit. Like, I was a kid, maybe, like, 12, 13 years old, and I seen, like, a DJ on TV, right? And um, I don't know, man. I seen the DJ, and I was like, yo, that shit looks mad cool. All the shorties were around him, right? And I, being a 12-year-old kid, I'm like, yo, that's... I want to be on that vibe. Um, So, yeah, man, I just started saving up, and then, uh, like, I grew up in a little bit of a, you know, at-risk neighborhood, if that's what you want to call it, you know what I mean? And, um... I think the vibe was my mom seeing me saving up money and then my brother convinced her like, yo, this guy has saved up enough money to buy one turntable. So I came home one day, turntables are there. And that like at 13, 14, that was the, that was it, man. Like as soon as them turntables touched my crib, being a DJ was what I was focused on. Um, that led to me uh, volunteering over at CHRY, which is now Vibe 105 over at York University. Oh. Uh, volunteering there for a little bit, maybe six months. And then they offered, they offered me and my, uh, my man's them a show, right? So we had a crew, a DJ crew called Ill Kids. Um, so they offered us a show over there. So, you know what I mean? We were doing um, night shift and then the mornings, that transitioned into mornings. So we did that for a little while. And then, um, you know, then I was thinking I was a little bit more focused on the bread. So, you know, when I got to like 2022, it was like all about like DJing, uh, promoting parties and uh, just getting to the bread, like touring and all that stuff. So that's kind of like what started the whole the whole vibe. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. It's crazy how you 
your vibe started as a DJ. My vibe, my whole thing started as a promoter. You know what I mean? Like when I started doing all ages parties, like right. Canada versus America back in the day. Right. Charlie B and all those guys was involved with these all ages. Right. Parties, you know what I mean? I tell people a lot at the time. I'm like, you know, like DJing, promoting, like it starts like that's the seed, right? That 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 starts the tree. So the tree grows from that seed, and then the branches out of nowhere start coming. <laughs> opportunities start coming, and it's like, you know, are you gonna focus on doing just what you what you're doing, and then not be open to other shit, or are you gonna be open and start branching off as the branches grow? Or are you gonna go in, go in that direction? And that's kind of like what happened with me, man. I've done everything from a booking agent, nightclub manager, nightclub owner. Uh, promoter, DJ, voiceover dude, uh, radio, like, you know, anything that's kind of like given, given me um, an opportunity to go for, I just like went for it. You know what I mean? Dope, 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 dope. The voice so like people dope. don't realize being a promoter, being a DJ, sometimes like that just opens up a box of like everything else. You feel me? Well, yeah. Trust me. It's like people always ask me, how did I get in this whole Toronto music thing? I'm like, man, it just chose me. I didn't really just get in it. Like, like y'all like y'all start doing parties. And I, I don't know where I started liking Toronto music. I started right. digging into it and I dig deep. Right. <laughs> and here I am. You feel me? Well, like, the, the reality is also what we're doing right now, you know, talking about like the Toronto music scene or the Canadian hip hop scene. You yeah. couldn't have that conversation as in depth as we may be having today, uh, like 20 years ago, because it just I'm not saying it was non-existent. It was, but it was it was just a, a, kind of like a smaller community. Obviously, technology and the Internet has changed that. But we've blossomed into like uh, you know a uh, destination for music here in Toronto, right? Yeah, you def you definitely right about that, and that's why I went out uh, when I when I created this whole top fifty thing. I did like a whole top fifty list because I seen everybody was doing top fifty lists in their cities and things like that of underground artists, and I did the top fifty list, and this shit was super viral. I'm like, whoa, right. fuck. That was just artists I was fucking with, and I thought it needed some shine. You know what I mean? I never thought about like there was so many artists other than the top fifty that I put up there. Like you said, that the whole music scene in Toronto kind of like blossomed into something really huge. It kind of created their own little space now. So how do you feel about the music scene right now? Like just seeing Drake coming at the city, you know, the weekend and everybody else. I mean. Like, again, like 15, 20 years ago, if you had told people that that was going to be the case, nobody would believe you. Like, I remember being around when Drake was bubbling. Like, we had him on, like, we used to get, like, guys like um, Drake, uh, P-Rain, or Preem now, should I say, uh, J.D. Era, Tona. There was, like, a group of really dope MCs that we used to just get into the studio together, oh. and uh, they would kick off our mixtapes, you know what I mean? So watching that, like, Ooh. watching that young Drake... Uh, and preem and watching that scene kind of grow into what it is today is just it's mind-blowing man like you couldn't have told me back in 2007 2008 when all of us are in the studio that that this is what the uh outcome is going to be you know what i mean so of course i think um obviously drake changed the landscape in general i don't think anybody was really taking us that serious i mean of course prior to drake you had cardinal yeah. which kind of you know he kind of kicked the door down um and then you know and then drake follows through but i think when people seen what drake was was doing it kind of like you know they they're, they're misconceptions about canada and like yeah, yeah. mooses and igloos and whatever the, you know what i mean yeah, 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 kind of yeah. went out the door and they were a little more open and that's where you see now the weekend come through you see tory come through you see nav come through it's, it's just everybody now has the opportunity right 
Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And I, and, and I applaud you for what you're doing over there at 93.5 because I always felt like 93.5 was kind of like, it was a dope radio station, but it was far away from, they, they weren't connected with what's going on in the city, especially the underground scene with the Smoke Dogs, with the Houdinis. Right. Um, you know, I'm like, damn, that's what, that's, really, that's what really got me into the music scene, especially Smoke Dog and Big Page. Big Page was the one that really got me, like, got my interest to really, like, start digging in deep into right. the music scene. But when Smoke Dog came out with the uh, Trap House, I'm like, man, this guy needs to be on the radio almost every day. I need right. to hear this song every day. So I feel like there was a disconnect with, with, with the radio station and what was hot in the city. And that's when you came along and came out with this whole Made in Toronto uh, segment in the radio station. So what made you come up with something like that? Uh, well, so for, first of all, I didn't I didn't birth that whole idea. I jumped on board. So I, I got to give the credit to my dude, Mastermind. It was all about celebrating yeah. um, Toronto's birthday. So the idea was uh, for to, for that whole day, um, you know, all we would be doing from 6 a.m. To, to midnight or whatever it was, we'd be playing joints from Toronto. And it was such a, it, it was so much of a success that the idea was kicked around to make it um, a regular part of, of the week. So, you know, the show now runs Sunday through Thursday, 11 p.m. to midnight. And um, I think the response from, from that one day was so huge that it was like, yo, we got to do this. And you got to take in consideration. I know a lot of people have misconceptions about radio in the U.S. I hear a lot of times like, yo, they do this in the U.S. They don't. Why aren't we doing that? I think a lot of people would be amazed to find out that they don't do like, see what we're doing made in Toronto takeover. That doesn't happen on, on hot 97. That doesn't happen on power in LA. Uh, that doesn't happen on real 92 in LA. That does, you don't hear the street artists or the, the, the artists from the city who haven't blown up yet. You don't hear them on the radio. Nope, you, like, you might hear, you might, you might see something, you know, you know, a one-off here and there through the mix show, but like, every single day, you know, nah, you know five that. days a week. Nah, you're not hearing that. That doesn't happen. So, you know, the opportunity to do something like that here in Toronto, once the opportunity was presented, I was like, yo, let's do this. Cause that's really, you know, that's really been like what I've been about, you know, for most of my career is breaking local talent. Like, you know, if we go back to, you said page, you know, I, I think we were like probably one of the first DJs in the club to play page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Drake, like, I'm not trying to take any, any fucking, you know, anything from his career, but yeah, like we were the first DJs to stop the music and be like, yo, y'all need to be up on this dude. You know what I mean? And, and that was the case with a lot of artists. And it's not like it was for cloud or anything. It was, it was for people to appreciate what we got going on here in our own city. Cause at one point in time, the city was called the screw face capital for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was messing with you here unless you were popular elsewhere. So I kind of wanted to change that. Fair. And uh, when the opportunity came for me to be involved in the made in Toronto takeover, that was really what drew me um, to the station, you know, as well. I'm on during the, during the day, right? Like I'm on two to seven doing the, yeah. you know, the radio vibes, but mm -hmm. um, it's real special when I can hop on at 11 and, and uh, shine a spotlight on what's happening here in the city. Yeah, yeah, man. That's really dope, man. Like you said, they're not doing this anywhere else. So that's why I was nah. trying to, that's why I always tell artists, artists I work with, I'm like, man, you guys got it. You guys got it good. You guys got it easy out here. Cause like if you go out, you, you guys be trying to go to the stage, trying to do all that, you're not gonna get as much opportunities that you get in Canada, especially when with the grants available, with the right. with the radio station playing your music now, connecting with you guys as much as much there's not like a lot of radio stations, but like they doing what they can. Like it's not like yeah. you, don't, you guys don't have to do this. No, me? no. And I think a lot of people, I mean, we're in a streaming age, right? And sometimes yeah. I'm not like throwing shade on any artists or whatever, but um, you know, sometimes I'll be talking to artists, I'm like, 
like, yeah, my record played at 11 o'clock. Big deal. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think you realize how much people could be listening. And like at any given time, there's about half a million people listening to flow. You know, I think it's like, you know, whatever that a rough estimate. Right. So at 11 o'clock, like there can be a, a, a big percentage of people that are listening. You know what I mean? And, and I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, every time maybe like a, every time we might play an artist, uh, it's connected to that artist streaming numbers going up the days after. Cause a lot of people still tap into radio to see what's going on. You'd be surprised. Not everybody is on Spotify or Apple music. You know, not everybody's streaming. You got to remember radio is free. You know what I mean? So you could turn on the radio at any time. Yeah, 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 I think it provides an opportunity where some artists don't realize how much of a dope look it is. You know what I mean? And it's, yes, it happens at 11, but that doesn't happen anywhere else. That never happened here in the city. You'd be happy to get your song spun once a week um, 10, 15 years ago. I think maybe the only other market that that does what we're doing here is maybe Atlanta. They have yeah. a whole culture of showing love to Atlanta artists, right? But um, yeah. I mean, for for a, for a corporation like Stingray to be able to be like, all right, let's go ahead and do this and support it, that's major, man. Like that's giving a platform to artists that I think even the artists don't realize at times how how important it is. It's true. The artists don't realize as me as like a a, a record label owner, like a ma- so-called manager somewhat, right? A and R. I be trying to show artists, even that flyer when I work with you with this artist I was working with, even that cover art you gave me. I'm like, this is legendary for you to even able to get that cover art and mm. be able to get your song spin on the radio. Like you have to be really grateful and appreciative for what the creatives in the city trying to do. Right. For, you know what I mean? Because they right, don't yeah. have to do these things. You feel me? So what I wanted to ask you, like, it's kind of like the artists in the city, especially the DJs, like when I was doing the club thing and things like that, I feel like there was a super disconnect with the DJs in the clubs, not playing the songs, not playing the, the hip hop songs in, in the club from the city. So what, 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 what what's up with that disconnect? Like, why is that? Why? So many DJs don't feel like playing records. Like, um, listen, I'll be honest with you. Having conversations with some DJs, a lot of DJs are like, you know what? It's not worth the headache, right? Like, you could play one artist, and um, you know, somebody else is upset that you're playing that artist because they got they got issues with they got polys going on with them, right? So I think the politics has the DJs being like, if somebody's finna run up on me about playing a record, then I ain't, I'm not gonna play anybody's record. Like, it's just yeah. not worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You de- you definitely right about that, man. But at the same time, me myself as a promoter, I never really like ran away from the politics. I just I just rock with whoever rock with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was I was rocking with Biz Loke at the time. Biz Loke came to the to, to the club, did a performance. You know what I mean? I never really thought about the politics and everything he was involved. I just I always seen him as like the artist, as somebody that needs to support. Because I feel like a lot, even though a lot of these artists got got uh, got some type of trouble, but a lot of them need the support. You feel me? Like right. you might not play a song have like some parties and things like that, but you might play some other records. You know that not every record has. Yeah, to- yeah, that's the that, and, that, and you know I have this conversation with a lot of people because a lot of people assume that the Toronto rap scene is all nah, man. street dudes making music, nah, and um with street polys, and that's not the case. You know what I mean? That's maybe what you see on the blog pages <laughs> on IG because that's what gets clicks, that's what gets eyes. But there's a gang load of artists that have nothing to do with the streets. Be like. Um, I mean, like uh, lately, I've been really rocking with Dylan Ponders. You know, what I mean, his vibe is is is, is uh, like man. super dope. He's making really dope music. Um, and then the list goes on. There's a gang load of artists that have 
no street politics. No problems, man. Really dope music. You know what I mean? It's just, yes, there are like, you know, life is life. Streets is the street. So there's going to be issues. Um, It's just somehow we got to get over that when it comes to the people pushing the music, the people that are there to to provide some sort of infrastructure. Fact. You know what Fact. I mean? Like I've had guys come at me like, yo, why are you playing this dude? Why are you playing that dude? I'm like, well, the other option is I don't play anybody. And I just fall back and, and say, you know what? I don't want to do the takeover anymore because it's too much headaches. And there's been times where my DMs are blowing up and, and, you know, it's just getting out of hand. And I'm like, listen, man, you got to appreciate what's happening because I end my show at seven o'clock, right? Like at two to seven, I'm done. I don't need to be coming on at 11 again to do the takeover. I do it for the culture. I do it because it's an outlet for, for people to get their music heard and for people to get familiar with the artists coming out of the city. So, you know, it's kind of kind of upsetting sometimes when when people take issue with that like you just got to take the music for what it is and if you got issues in the street yo go ahead handle your issues in the street but i think there was like a post where i seen somebody coming after like a videographer and i'm saying if you're gonna do that then go then go go to spotify's door go to apple's door (laughs) you know what i mean don't come at the dude go to record from the city yeah go to the record labels (laughs) doors you know i mean go to like sony if that's what you're gonna do um but don't try to like if you're not going to go at the corporations don't come at the you know the videographer who's just trying to offer a service you feel me now maybe a videographer here and there crosses the line i'm not i'm not talking about that but i'm talking about like the dj for instance that's complaining like yo ricochet i ain't finna be playing nobody's music because a man's trying to mash up my laptop when i'm playing like don't come at that dude he's just supporting the scene in general yeah yeah take your issues up with whatever if you're gonna have an issue with the dj then you better have an issue with the dsps as well you definitely i mean if that's if you're gonna have an issue you better have an issue with everybody but a lot of times the artists are not gonna go at spotify or whatever because they're like who they gonna go at they don't it's just there's no face to that there's no face face to it right i mean there's no face to it but yeah you you definitely you definitely right about that man it's just i just feel like the city's growing and I feel like the more opportunities that's coming along for the artists, a lot of artists are starting thinking outside of the box. You know, they start, right. yeah. like, yo, you know, that's big, that's bigger than the block, that's bigger than the pop. Of course. You feel me? I feel like a lot of artists, some of them that are stuck here that can't go to the States, the only thing they could do if, if they mention some, some type of op or whatever, maybe that's what's getting the clicks, that's what's getting the views, that's what's getting the listeners. You know what I mean? If you look at these blogs, that's the only thing that's that's trying to get the listener. That's why I kind of my best to trying to stay away from these things. Right. Because I trying to shed light on other on other things that's happening in the city. You know right. what I mean? But you know when 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 all the music is about, and it doesn't even like the music's the music. But when all the social media and everything else is about that, you're closing the doors on a lot of a lot of other opportunities because, um, you know, somebody or some entity or label might not want to. Uh, mess with you because they feel that that's all you're on now i could be wrong right i could be wrong but you're not going to get those corporate partnerships you're not going to get certain looks when all you're promoting is is the ops yeah feel me so the uh, like quote-unquote ops have been in music since the inception of hip-hop that's nothing like but when you you know when we're starting to talk about um you know continuously smoking on dead guys and and this and that i mean the line gets crossed a little bit and I think, you know, that you kind of pigeonhole yourself as an artist in a box now. And it's kind of hard to get out that box if you're trying to 
Uh, if your goal is to be the next Drake, if your goal is to be the next the baby, if your goal is, I mean, we could take a, you know, a situation from little Dirk right now over the weekend, you know what I mean? His brother had passed away and his uncle's asking him, please stop talking about this in the records, you know, and you kind of see the growth of somebody like little Dirk. And I would probably guess that over the next little while in his career, you're going to see the content change a little bit yep, because yep. I'm, I'm getting that he's understanding the bigger picture that if you want to get to a certain level, you got it. You gotta, and I hate to say this because I'm one that doesn't like, I don't really like to play by the rules, but you got to play by some of the rules. There got to be some sort of, um, you know, acceptance of responsibility on what you're doing with your whole vibe and your music. Facts. Facts. What I wanted to ask you, right? I, f I feel like, uh, like hip hop was more like before it was more like a trap, the, 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 the trap gangsters, you know what I mean? It was more like a trappy vibe. It just once the Chicago era came came about with the Chief Keith, I feel like I feel like there was there was a big shift in this hip hop industry scene where it's kind of like it became so 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 violent. You know what violent. I mean? Violent, yeah. Now let's say for what it is. Now hip hop has always been violent, but it's been targeted towards quote unquote your ops, right? Like before yeah. you mentioned whatever, you didn't get too specific in a song. Like there's a bunch of Mob Deep records that are not nothing sweet about the records, but they weren't calling out a certain ends or calling out a certain person. It was kind of like subliminal, you know what I mean? And that kind of kept things on a level, but like, you're absolutely right. You know, once drill came around, um, it changed the vibe of hip hop. Now I'll say this much. I don't expect that to be the case forever. Everything comes in stages, right? Like in the early nineties, it was all about New York, hard hip hop. Then as the nineties progressed, we get into the late nineties, early two thousands, all about this jiggy, you know what I mean? Getting fly, all about the money. Then we seen street music come back. Then things got a little weird around the 2010s and on. You know what I mean? The mainstream vibe changed a little bit. Um, you know, records starting to become a little bit more commercial with a mix of street. And now, like you said, once, um, you know, drill became popular, that's kind of the phase that we're in now. But if you look at the history of hip hop, everything has its time. So, you know, am I sitting here thinking that this is the future hip hop? forever no i think that this is what it is now eventually you know the vibe will will, will progress or, or change so do you feel like it has a, it had a big influence on the toronto hip-hop scene like the chicago drill music yeah i for sure of course but i think like like i said it's not always just the music i think it's it's social media has such a, a part to play in degrading the music and when i say degrading the music it takes away from the music because just because you got, I don't know, uh, 50,000 followers on um, social media and maybe there's a thousand people on the live, I don't know, whatever. You're popping on social media. A lot of those people are checking in to see who that person's talking about, but they're not, it doesn't translate into streams. A lot of people try to say, look, um, this and this is hella popping, but I, they forget, like I, I can look at the top 100 streamers in Canada and you'd be surprised, 99% it's, it's not it's not translating so your instagram followers are there kind of, i feel for like the wwe you know the wrestling antics you know what i mean they're, they're there for the entertainment but they're not translating into listeners you know what i mean it's not translating into actual listeners and streams so i think like i think sometimes the social media is is, is what is is you know Kind right. of blowing things out of proportion and kind of taking the music for a joke thing sometimes, if I'm being completely honest. You feel me? It's yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. about the music? Like, yeah, I'm seeing right. all this and all that, but 
what about, okay, this guy's calling out that guy, but where's the music in here? Like, other than a 15 second clip, is anybody, how much people are translating and going to listen to the music? So I think the antics are, you know, maybe taken away from the actual numbers. You definitely, you definitely right. That's a good point that you point out. Cause like, like over the years, just working in the scene, I feel like social media really kind of like affected even the things that's happening in the city all pretty much based on social media of somebody yeah. liking a post, somebody leaving a comment, calling somebody a goof. Yeah. I feel like the word goof being a word that created this a is a regular <laughs> word, like a goof, like bro, like I don't know when I was coming up, you called a man a goof. That was that was a big talks, B. That was the most disrespectful thing you can call a man. For anybody that's did any time, you know that like you call a man a goof, bro. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yo, you can't call a man anything, but man's are throwing around them words like a goof, this goof, that, and it's, it's just whatever. And and you know, and it's kind of for the net, right? You you know, I've heard stories where like, oh, I, I you know, I bucked into so and so, and um, it was just like, ah, uh, no, I saw love, bro. You know, that was just for the net for whatever. But it's like, where did when did that happen? You know what I mean? And I think you know, is Chicago drill music to blame, or is the success of somebody like Takashi Six Nine? Does that play a part in it? Because I think you really, because you never really seen Chief Keef or whatever on the net. You never seen Dirk on the net. You never seen King Vaughn on the net. You never seen, um, whatever, I can name a countless amount of dudes out of the shot. You never seen them on the net banging like that. Like net banging wasn't really a thing until we seen the popularization of Takashi 69. Yeah. And somebody who's maybe not a great rapper who maybe doesn't make the greatest songs, but all the antics is getting him the looks. Yo, you, yo, man, you put, you, you saying the major, all the good points on this shit, like, right? Like, and, and look, and again, you know, the social media antics, does it translate into sales or streams? Cause look at his last album. It's true. It's nothing. It, it's, it's true. You definitely right about that. That's why I was trying to tell artists, like, you really gotta like tap in with the people that's really supporting you instead of relying on the streams a lot. I feel like these days, artists are relying on these numbers so much and they're not even like connecting with the people that's really supporting them or even tapping in with the DJs. I like, bro, did you make a DJ pack? Did you get the radio edit done? Like, let, let's try to get the song in the radio. Let's send a DJ pack out. Let's let's send some merch out. I feel like a lot of artists solely focusing on the facade of the numbers of the streams, not connecting on the radio, not knowing like people are really, people are still listening to the radio. The DJs are still out there. I feel like, People forget the art of the DJs, especially in this hip hop scene in Toronto. People forget about the DJs. So, what, 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 why do you feel like there's a big disconnect with the DJs and the artists nowadays? Uh, and I don't think that's the case with everybody, but I think you know we we read a lane where where some artists just think that like the DJ doesn't mean much because you know, like I said, you go back to social media, and if a DJ has I don't know eight thousand followers, five thousand followers, they're like, what is that DJ gonna do for me? Um, what is that one spin in the club going to do for me versus my 50,000 followers on Instagram? I think a lot goes back to social media. And listen, don't get me twisted. Like social media is a very important part of an artist's whole repertoire, right? Like you want to be able to connect with your fans. Uh, you want to be able to, to give a, a insight to your life via social media for your fans to connect with you. And um, listen, if street shit happens on the net, street shit happens on the net, but my thing is, it just can't be all street street shit and just and, and just going back and forth. Like at some point in time, give me another look, right? Like I want to see something else. Like what what else are we talking about here? Like what yeah. what else is going on? Like it almost feels a little one dimensional. So I think 
I think it's just a lack of, and, and believe me, there's some artists, a lot of artists who know that the DJ is important and go the extra route or go the extra mile to like make sure they connect with the DJ and create a relationship. But I'll say this, a DJ is not going to want to fuck with you if you come on a vibe like, yo, this is my shit, be play that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. done. No, like a DJ, you bet you got to create a relationship. You got to create a rapport. And that goes with anybody in, this, in the industry because the more you create, like I tend to go hard on some things like repost for people that I kind of like. If I, if I fuck with you already, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm more likely to put other people on in your music because mm -hmm. I, I fuck with you as a person, you know? And I think that goes a long way of creating relationships. Like, like I said, before we started recording, it's been 20 plus years for me yeah. um, in this business. I've been able to do that based on relationships. Facts. You know I mean, and maintaining relationships, Facts. not burning Facts. bridges. You never, you don't know when you're going to, you know, need somebody or need to lean yeah. on somebody down the road. Right. So even if I don't fuck with you, it's cool. Like just, maybe I just take a break. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to let the world know I don't fuck with you. You feel yeah. me? That's my business. Facts. Uh, maybe we can mend whatever issues we have down the road, but I'm definitely not going to just say, fucking unless you did me super dirty yeah and that's a different story right but um i don't think artists are spending enough time um curating those relationships with the djs you're definitely right about that 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 relation relationship building relationships plays a major role especially in this music industry mm. i was also reading an article uh on you uh before i did this interview and you mentioned like there's about 500 plus rappers or artists in the city, but there's like 10 managers. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, you definitely damn right. <laughs> you right, there's about 10 managers and it's so hard to connect with artists and, and, and to actually build that professional uh, communication and building up, especially when I was doing shows, I was directly dealing with artists. They had no managers. They they didn't even know how to communicate. They, they right. wasn't coming on time for the time slot to perform. They wasn't sending their radio edits. They wasn't sending their songs in. So. How, how, what, 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 like, how do you feel like the role of the manager plays an important role for, for artists? Like, you know, I think we need to remember at the end of the day, this is called a music business. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. a business. So you need to be able to, if you don't have a manager, you need to be able to be up on your business. And there's no problem with artists managing themselves up to a certain point, yeah. but you can't be lacking on the business. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody wants to be a rapper. Everybody wants to be a producer. Only a like, I can't tell you how much records I get and it's just trash. B. I'm like, why do you want to be a rapper? Like, you know, it, being a rapper is good if you can actually rap. Otherwise, there's other things to do if you want to be part of the music business. Being a manager is one of them. Like, I remember, like, this is totally different, but I remember giving somebody advice maybe 10 years ago. I'm like, listen, everybody's a real estate agent. If you want to get to the bag right now, everybody and their mother's a real estate agent. You need to be a mortgage broker. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause not everybody wants to be a mortgage broker, right? Cause it's not cool. You're not like, you know, showing off multi-million dollar houses and driving around all day. You're not, but um, that person heeded that advice. And now they're like, yo, that's some of the best advice you gave me. So the same thing with managers, right? Like if everybody's a rapper, you want to look around to see what you can do to service that industry. So, okay, there's rappers. That means we need managers. We need grant writers. We need um, whatever the situation, we need booking agents. So it's, 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 it's just, it's, you're, how far are you going to go without a manager? You know, at some point in time, you need to be able to hold a conversation in a professional manner. You know, that's like how I, it took me a long time to learn that, bro. I was knuckleheaded causing all kinds of shit in the clubs, you know, and, and, and kind of ruining opportunities for myself until I got to a certain point where I'm like, all right, you know, we need like, maybe it's not best that I'm the one that's drunk 
uh, at the end of the night talking with the club owner or promoter. Maybe let me let my, you know, my manager handle all that. So I'm not possibly doing something I shouldn't be doing or coming off like I'm not professional. Yep, yep. Um, and, and that's it. When you get into board, when you get into the boardroom, you know, you need to be able to know how to handle yourself. And if you can't do that, then that's where the manager comes into play, right? Like a, a manager's job is to get you over the hump, is to get you in the door that you're not going to be able to get into. And simple things like sending a radio edit. I can't tell you how much times I get an email, somebody sending me a song and it's just a song name. And I don't know who it's, I just delete it. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Like, where's like, the, like I can't spend extra time trying to figure out and Googling yeah. and damning a record. Like, nah, that's not my job. My job is like, all right, I'm here to give you the look, but prepare your shit to make sure it's ready for what I'm about to do with it. You know what I mean? So, dope, dope. Uh, and a lot of guys don't even know that there's grants, B. Like we live in a country where if you're doing numbers, the government got money here to support you. They got a bag for you. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of grants. There's factors grants, star maker grants. There's, it goes on and on and on. And a lot of times the artists themselves um, are not able to deal with that. They just don't understand it. They just don't know how to get to a, a grant writer. So, you know, in positions like that, a manager is there to serve that, that situation for you and help you get that done. Maybe even help you get set up with SoCan so your publishing is right or take you in a factor and, and let you know that, oh, you know, factor or so can they have a, a studio out in LA. So when you're in LA, you can stay in that house and record in that studio. A lot of people don't know that shit, but a manager would know that shit, right? And that's what you want to take advantage of. If you want to grow your career beyond uh, Instagram, then that's where I think a manager is important. And I think a lot, a lot more people need to take that seriously. And like a manager, as much as I hate to say it, doesn't mean that they're just your best friend who's like, you need to look at somebody. And if, if your best friend wants to do that, then your best friend needs to do some research and educate themselves on becoming a manager, right? I hear a lot of people say, um, oh, 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 IE, I'm so-and-so's manager. But then when you start talking business, dudes be clueless. And you're like, bruh, you're doing this dude a disservice by trying to represent him and you're not ready to do that, right? Like you can't go in the, you can't go in the kitchen and cook a meal if you ain't got a recipe. If you don't know how the ingredients okay. go together, if you don't know what tastes good together, yep. how the fuck you finna cook a meal? You can't cook a meal. The shit's, shit's finna taste like doo-doo, B. Nobody want to eat that. Same thing with music, right? If you don't know how to connect the dots, that artist's career is going to end where you begin. Facts. You're definitely right about so, that. You know, I would love to see us take things um, to the next step and start working on the business because the music is there. Is the business there, though? Yeah, you, you, the business. Yeah, the business is lacking. That's why I was, I had a, I had a previous guest on my on the podcast, Gavin Shepard. You was also talking about him with the remix project. Mm. You know what I mean, I give him his flowers as well, and I tell him, like, yeah. yo, you did a lot of things for the city. You know what I mean? As much people not might not give you the flowers that you deserve, I give him the flowers for even opening doors and actually giving the space where creatives could go and learn the business and learn how to be professional and connecting with the right people in the industry. Right. You know and I mean? a lot of, and, and you see the few managers and people that are, they're doing it right, come out of that, yeah. right? That's the infrastructure um, that's there, right? And it's also, we live in Toronto, still the screw face capital. Don't get it twisted. No, I, there's that's always the that, no, there's no. always that mentality, not with everybody, but I come across a lot. Yo, I don't want to beg, I don't beg no man. I'm not begging a man nothing. Oh, that pride sometimes will kill you because I learned that the hard way. You know, I mean, I've been in situations where my career could have took off in a whole different level, but I had that pride, that, that, that fucked up 
you know, kind of hood Toronto mentality that I was like, yeah. I'm doing this on my own. I'm not begging nobody. And that, that's just me not wanting to pick up the phone to ask somebody, yo, is there a grant for this? And if so, how do I, how do I do this grant? Like a lot of people don't want to pick up the phone to call somebody and be like, yo, how do I do this? You know, even today, like if I have a management question, I, I have no problems picking up the phone and, and hitting up maybe a Gav or a Lucas. I don't have no problems doing that because that's what they do. If they have something to do with radio, they might hit me up and be like, yo, is this, you know what I mean? And that's, we need to connect those dots a little bit more. Yeah, you, you know, man, you definitely right about that. And what, what Gavin was saying, like, I was like, well, come there's, there's not a lot of remix project. And he was saying like, we can't focus on everybody. We can't put everybody in. Plus the opportunities in the music industries, it's not like wide where everybody could be a rapper, everybody right. could be a producer, you know what I mean? That's right. why they're very selective and who was the select to put in the program. I'm like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not, there's not opportunities for photographers everywhere, for DJs everywhere. So right. it, it makes a lot of sense. So you definitely, right? You, you, you ain't nails on the coffin right now. You like, you got all the points down. Man, listen, we learn from mistakes, right? And I've made a gang load of mistakes, my guy. Like, I've made enough mistakes to know that, all right, there's another way to look at things. Feel me? But yeah, but with everything that's going on in, in the city, especially like, uh, Especially just just to disconnect with the culture, because I feel like the way the the city had hip hop on lock, especially with Drake, uh, Tory Lanez, and, and Nav just coming out. Yeah, they got this hip hop shit on lock. Like, like it's like I feel like there's been a stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the door kind of like started closing down a little bit. Um, I think that has to do with like first of all, if you're a rapper here in Toronto, where are you gonna perform? If you're a rapper with a certain stigma attached to you, yeah. no venue, no venue. And believe me, I've had meetings with venue, with club owners, with no venue is finna have you in the club performing because it ain't worth it. It's not worth whatever they're going to do at the bar or the door for a possible homicide in the parking lot. Yeah, I see. And that's the problem, right? The street shit bleeds in to the actual business. So that's where things kind of halt. If you can't, and that's where the kind of the idea is you got to go elsewhere to make it. Now, that reason is because we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to make it here in our own cities because we we kind of isolate ourselves by, you know, and, and sometimes it might not be the rapper's fault or whatever. It's just shit happens. Right. But it goes back to if you got an issue on Instagram, that issue finna follow you, bro. It ain't finna stay on social media. So if you want to bark at this person or bark at that person for the, for the, you know, shits and giggles, that might translate into a problem on the streets and vice versa. Sometimes the street shit leads into social media, but I think the lack of being able to perform and gather and network and uh, be in the same place, that's going to hinder the growth. Okay. You're right. You, you definitely right, man. Cause the weekend and Drake, they had that opportunity to, yeah. to perform at Sound Academy, perform at yeah. all these places. And that kind of, I feel like performing in front of a group of people did help them a lot to grow as an artist. You know, even Pressa, Pressa was able to kind of like perform at a couple of venues. As a surprise artist, though, right? Because the right. venues already, you know, yeah. just hear that name and they're like, they're scared. They might not be up on what's going on or whatever, but I'm sure. I'm sure the feds got something to do with that too, right? So the feds are looking at it and be like, listen, we're not going to offer you paid duty officers if you have this person at your venue. Now, I'm just speaking hypothetically. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. 
you feel me? And and the cops are gonna have a hard on for anybody that's really seems like a threat. Yeah, you're right. But what I what what's the why the street street music is more appealing nowadays than somebody making a laid back a smoking music smoking music or even like traffic. wrestling. Okay. Right? Why do you watch wrestling? Do you watch it really for the moves? Do you watch it for the dude coming off the top rope? Or do you watch it for the shit talking that happens yeah. in between? Okay. okay. Do you watch it for the 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 beefs, the, the kind of like, you know, the now that's just entertainment, right? But I think it's it's human nature, right? And especially as as generations come along, I feel like this generation, they don't like it's not saying they want somebody to die, but it kind of like they're feeding into that. They're feeding into every process that will lead up to somebody dying. They're egging on. Like sometimes rappers don't even want to be involved in this beef, but it's the fans that are like, even me, man, most recently I'm trying to avoid looking. I'm not, I'm not trying to look at my comments and take it that deep. Like to go back at the troll. Somebody had to tell me, yo, ease up, bro. Don't let the trolls like get you responding and shit. You feel me? But as soon as, as soon, but the fans be doing that. The fans be like, yo, you're not going to say nothing. You're not going to do nothing. Oh, you're weak. Oh, you're not about that street life. Oh, 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 da, 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 da. Or, you know, vice versa. I think I seen Roadrunner post something on his page. Like, if you're out the streets, they say you're soft. If you're in the streets, they say, oh, he's in the streets. He, re- he ain't really taking this rap shit serious. So it's the fans that are perpetuating the violence almost to an extent because they're feeding the, they're feeding the, the fire, man. They're adding, you know, adding gas to the, to the flames, bro. Like, and, and it's, I think it's just human nature that we like to see rivalries. You know what I mean? Like, look how big um, the Pac and Biggie beef was. Look how Vibe magazine, look how all publications and media entities kind of just fed into that, fed into that. Now, when we seen the outcome of that, I think everybody took a step back, you know? I think, like, magazines, bloggers, everybody says, like, maybe we need to take a different approach. But that is, that's like a whole different generation. That's gone now. Um, but now I think it's the people want the beef. You write, you write about that. The people want the beef. And I feel like one artist that's been able to kind of like play it off right and just take the L in the public, but also win, win <laughs> beyond the scenes and win, win and get the W is Drake. Drake's been able to kind of control his narrative, this whole, his whole career, even mm-hmm. when he's been in disputes and things like that. He's been able to kind of like diffuse the situation and still be able to get number one on the billboards, get all these awards, get 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 all these streams, and just forget the the, the battle that he had because he knows. The people's around. I feel like the people around the people around you kind of like influence the things you do as well. Right, but let's also take in consideration that Drake is an anomaly. Drake is a, a Michael Jackson, a Michael Jordan, a Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? A lot of mics <laughs> in there, but he's one of those dudes that come around once every forty years. Right. You know, whether it be the Beatles, whether it be Michael Jackson. Now it's Drake. Yeah. Right. So right. every thirty-four right. years, thirty or forty yeah. years, somebody comes around like that that just does shit that like nobody else even fathomed doing. But you brought up a good point. The people around him kind of keep him leveled and realize, and that comes back to having a manager or, or having the right people in your camp um, kind of guiding you the right way. You know what I mean? Be like, listen, don't get sidetracked on the bullshit. We got to get to the bag. The whole goal is to get to the bag, right? Like, why do a lot, why do a lot of people rap? Because why did I become a DJ? Because I was tired of living in, in, in a building with fucking roaches and rats and piss in the elevator and homeless people, <laughs> crackheads in, in the staircase. Like, I didn't want to live like that for my whole life. The first opportunity I had to get up out the hood, we was out of that bitch. Like, 
as soon as I can get my mama out of there, we were gone. I wasn't looking back. I want to go to the burbs. I want to go where people are mowing their lawn, where there is no piss in the elevator. Yeah, man. Get your own, get a live in a condo, nice ass, get a pool. You feel me? Like, you know, so the goal is to get the bread, get the bag, and get up out of your situation and bring everybody else with you out of that situation. That's the goal. So it almost scratch, you're almost scratching your head why somebody would want to do something or give you advice to keep you there. That's why it's called a trap. Why is it called a trap? Because it'll trap. You'll be trapped. <laughs> Yo, this guy should be a public speaker. You feel me? <laughs> With the you know, dropping. You know, the, the the buckets are trapped. You know, trapped into the food. The man serving is a tra- is, is trapped in the lifestyle. Yep, yep. It's the, it's You're addicted the, to that lifestyle. You're addicted to money. You're addicted to the problems. Sometimes, like as much as you say you don't want them, sometimes when you just can't get out of it, it's what feeds you. But it's also the people around you, who are you keeping around you. If there's nobody, if everybody is just trying to feed you into the fire and nobody's trying to, you know, drop some knowledge on you, be like, yo, bro, I think we can get out of this situation and make it to LA. We can make it to Miami. We could yeah, yeah, make, yeah. you know what I mean? We could do that and we can move freely. At some point in time, it gotta be like, you know, and I, I, I and I, I, I look at um, Benji and I look at coach and I look at like that whole vibe and that, that's a good, uh, that is a good um, example of somebody who's sidestepping the bullshit. Yeah, this guy just not even sidestepping the bullshit. Like I think he, they get the assignment. They get, you know what I mean? They, they get, get the assignment. The assignments to to make it to get up out of the bullshit, not to be, not to be in a cell, a hospital bed, or in the floor, in the ground. It's to be in Dubai or wherever, making moves, connecting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting fans, following. And I, I really rate Benji for that because I don't see no bullshit out of Benji. I don't see no, 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 nothing but the music speaks for itself. Facts, facts. You know what I mean? And I appreciate that. And and yeah. having and he got the right people around him too, right? Yo, you, trust me. He's like, he's one of the rare artists in the city that, that I really appreciate the way he moves. You know, you got that mystique beyond him. You know what I mean? He doesn't really like post wherever he's, he's at. You never know where he's at. Right. Now, does that translate into social media numbers? No, when but it, does everybody else in the industry say like, yo, Benji's next. Like, no. yo, that guy's super no. t- So it doesn't, so that's a perfect example that you don't need to be involved in the mix up for people to appreciate you, for people to know that you got something special. Sometimes you can just let the music speak for itself. The music speaks for itself when you come to this guy. That's, and that's, that's it. Really- that's why I, really- I, I would love to see more of that. And there is a lot of that, too. Like, let's not get it twisted. There is a lot of that. Like, right now, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Pezzi. But- Yo, Pezzi's one of them as well, too. That's in the Yeah. Yo, Pezzi, stay, stay away from the bullshit. But, like, talking about the, the like you said, the, the environment, people in the, the, their team and things like that. I had an interview with uh, Jay Prince, and I asked him that. I'm like, how, how are you able to keep Drake level-headed and just... You know what I mean? It, it, it just keep them out of trouble. He was like, yo, the reason why I'm able to keep Drake because he I, out of trouble, level-headed, because he listened. You know what I mean? Even though he's a the biggest superstar in the world, but when I talk, he listen. You know right. I mean? You, you want to listen to a guy like that. You want to listen to the people, like I said, who have made the mistakes. Right? Like, I'm going to listen to somebody who's made that mistake before, and they're trying to tell me, yo, I already, I already fucked up on that, so don't make that mistake. So it's like, like saying, listen, you can get downtown and a man tells me, avoid Bathurst. There's a pile up on there. You're going to be sitting on Bathurst for six hours. And he's saying, go take the 401 to, to, the, to the DVP. But I'm like, nah, B, why would I do that? And then I'm sitting on Bathurst for six hours asking myself, why was 
when the man told me, he said, like, he, he, he was just on Bathurst, you know, so he tried to sidestep me across the shit. It's the same thing, right? Like, I'm going to listen, even in my, where I'm at in my career, I'm going to still listen to my OG, and he's going to tell me, nah, I, did, I, I fucked up on this already, so this is for you to know that you don't need to deal with that no more. And yeah. that that is here. There is, we live in, a, we're in a generation now where there's a lot of people that kind of been through the bullshit that can now offer some, some quality advice. Is it, the question now is, is, is anybody listening or asking? Or do people feel like I know everything? What, 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 what does this person know? Like an old head, a little old head. No, like, you know, you know, sometimes people be like, yo, what is this old head talking about? Like, I listen. If you want to listen, if you don't want to listen, don't listen. No, nothing off my back. He's like, oh, he ain't in the streets. You're damn right. I ain't in the streets, bro. Where am I supposed to be in the streets my whole fucking life? That's not a goal. That's not winning. That's an L, B. I'll be taking an L if I still, if I still was where I was at. Yo, that's you know what I mean? People, man, I'm ducking going the back feds and ducking the ops. Why the hell would I want to do that? Yeah, bro? I want to see my kids grow. I want to smoke some quality exotic <laughs> loud. I want to, you know, have a nice house. I want to be able facts. to go where I want to go with no problems. Facts. That's facts. You def you're definitely right about that. So being able to listen, and I feel like the OGs in, in, in these environments need to play a major role in these kids as well. You know, be, being able to give them the right advice. But everybody got to be open to it. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to have OGs running to people being like, let me help you. Let me. Nah, that's not going to happen. Those are still street dudes. Those are still dudes that came up. They, they're doing what they're doing. It's, it takes it takes people to ask questions. It takes people to ask for help. It takes people to reach out. It takes people to build those relationships. Building relationships is one of the most important things in the music industry. Yeah. You, definitely you could have crazy music, but if you don't got the right connects and you cannot connect the dots, you will just be a person with dope music. And that's it. Yeah, so so how how have you been able to keep most of your relationship over the years, knowing that like the city the city's like a school face city, people are only looking out for themselves, they're trying to step on toes to get ahead. How have you been able to kind of like maintain those relationships? You know, I like I tell people all the time, two things that kept me in this game this long is being humble and having some humility. Yeah. So there's plenty of times where I've been at the top of the game. We done one like me and my man's. We done one awards, Canadian Club DJ of the Year. This that own nightclubs. Been had a little bag. This that touring the world. But I, I never let that get to my head. You feel me? Like you know. And and once you're and, and being likable, bro. Like just being a good person. See, like that's overrated at sometimes. You know what I mean? Just being a good person, people will mess with you. Um, I forgot the question. What was the question? I'm saying, how have you been able to keep these relationships knowing that there's people that's just looking out for themselves and trying to take advantage? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't look at it where I'm going to do something for somebody and expect something back, but don't yeah. get it twisted. I'm not going to continue to help you. And I know it's a one-sided situation, but I will always offer a hand when it's available. Like I might not be able to help everybody, but when I can, I'll give that person the opportunity. I'll plug that person in with someone else. And um, that's just how it goes. That's how we all got to think. It might not come back to me from that person, but down the road, if it's a mentality that we have as a city where we all help each other, somebody else is going to circle back. Um, like my dude, Wicked, DJ Wicked, right? So, you know, I've, I've hooked him up in certain situations. The Soldier Boy interview, um, you know, his man hit him up and he's like, yo, let me connect you with my guy and, and do the Soldier interview. You feel me? Um, and, and, and that's just about maintaining good relationships and being humble and, 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 and likability, man, keeping yourself on a situation where you never burn a bridge. And uh, sometimes it's, you, you know, you just got to hit people up for five minutes and be like, yo, what's cracking? Everything good? What's yeah. popping with you? And it, sometimes it doesn't need to be on business. Just, just a genuine 
um, authenticity of caring about somebody. So it's not coming off where just like, I only want to talk to you because I need something from you. Yeah, when I get those vibes, I'm just like, yo, fam, I'm, I'm gonna hit you back, bro. Cause like all you hit me for is like you need it. You know, and once I'm not of use to you, it's like fuck you type vibe. So it's like, why am I gonna jump on that ship? You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna rather mess with somebody who um, you know, who I look at like in my DMs, I mean this person been talking for a while, and then now this person's saying, yo, but like yo, we we've created a re- you've created a relationship. Yeah, the first thing you did is you didn't ask me for something off the jump. You created a relationship. I got to know what you're all about. Now you're looking for something. If I can offer you some advice or I can do something to connect the dots. Now I'm willing to do it because again, you I, I like you. I like you. All right, you're, you're good right. people. I'm gonna mess with you because you deserve it. Fact. Okay, dope, dope. That's dope advice. Cause I was trying to like give people advice on how to move and how to connect the dots. Humble. People don't, people don't know. Manas, humble. humble. <laughs> you understand? Like, Manas, like, let's be honest. We're all human beings. We all want to be treated with respect. Yeah, we're in the streets. I'm not in the streets anymore, but you know, I get it. Like, yeah, fuck I the streets, have... I'm saying right now, fuck the streets. We buy. Yeah, I don't. I'm a civilian. Family. We buy back the, the block. I'm showing That's... people like I ain't repping no no block. We buying back the block. Yeah, you know what I mean. I still go back to my ends all the time, but like, um, I'm this. I'm not a street dude anymore. That's just not me. I'm not 25 no more. Right, but. You just got to know whether you're in the streets or not in the streets. There's nothing wrong. It's not not cool to be humble. Like, you don't always got to be this, like, certain facade that you put on to. Like, nah, okay, you could do that in your music. But at some point in time, you got to let the guard down a little bit and be a human being. Fact. So how do you deal with that? I feel like myself as me doing this whole up next thing and just trying to connect artists. It's it's hard for me to connect artists because I feel like artists... A lot of artists, not naming any names, they're taking shades. I feel like a lot of artists think they're bigger than they actually are. They they move Hollywood. They're not trying to take opportunities that I'm trying to present to them. Because I remember when I was trying to do the the a billboard at Young and Dunnass, I reached out to a couple artists and they just and they just act like they're bigger than than me doing the doing the billboards for them at Young and Dunnass. Again, that comes down to social media kind of and it might not be the artist's fault because you might feel like you've reached a certain accolade in your career once you've hit social media likes followers this that that they're like somebody asked me like yo how come you ain't got 30 with 30 thousand followers because i didn't go buy any followers that's not something i was finna do you know what i mean i just my my interaction is great and it's organic and i'm happy with that like i don't need my numbers to uh followers to let me know how successful i am in life you feel me and sometimes that's all that and it, and it's a, it comes from a lack of um, not being educated on the game. Like like I said, we can go back and talk about this all the time. Your followers, your social media could be popping, but if your numbers ain't popping, if your streams are not popping, you can't tell me you're popping. And I can go look at the top three hundred. Never mind the top one hundred can- Canadian streamers. I can go top three hundred. Wow. And ninety percent, nobody's on there. It's all people you've never heard of before. Dude, people you never heard before. Even when I look at the when I go to Apple Music and I look at the Canada Top 100, I'm like, damn, I don't see no artists. No, 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 not like on the streamers. You might see them, um, whatever, pop up. But when you actually look at the streaming numbers from all DSPs combined. Wow. Right? What do you see there? You're not, not seeing nobody. And that's what, like, you know, a good example of somebody who, you know, like, look at look at um Havaya Mighty. Look at Toby. Look at these, these individuals who are not on the net all the time looking for attention. Um, just focused on the music, and they've transcended Canada. Avaya yeah. Mighty was named um, one of 21 people to look out for by GQ magazine in Australia. 
Mustafa the Mustafa as Mustafa well. the poet was on Jimmy Kimmel, right? Or or um Jimmy Fallon, whatever it was. Fallon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was on Fallon, right? Like crazy. That's crazy. Um, but he's not all he's not on there all the time, you know. It's like if rappers spend as much time um on the business as they did online, you would see a drastic change um in the outcome. Now, don't get me twisted, some rappers can do that. Some rappers, their social media activity translates into the streams, into the YouTube numbers, and it gets them to check. That works for some people. And those people are doing whatever they're doing. But it doesn't mean that's going to work for everybody. Yeah, That's the thing. I think some people see it work for a small, uh, you know, a handful of individuals. And they say, I'm going to do that. No, they did that and worked for them. It's time. You got to find your own thing. Like Coyle Ray. uh, She got uh, on YouTube. She got like cooking with Coyle Ray. That's her thing. That's a way for her to connect with her fans. And I became a fan off of seeing her doing the cooking shit. I was like, oh man, this is, she seems like a real down to earth person. And I went in and looked at more music and I was like, all right, before that, I was like, she's cool. But once I got to know her as a person via the YouTube and what she was doing, she wasn't chirping with nobody. She wasn't going back and forth. She was not. And even if that is the case and she has those issues, like she did with her father, it kind of like, you know, moved away and she's focusing on other things. And I think as much as we want to focus on the negative, as you focus on the positive, more people can relate to that. More people can relate to Coyle Ray making guacamole than they can to slide in on an ops block. Because let's be honest, everybody behind a keyboard ain't doing that. Man, they're not doing that, man. They're not Otherwise, the murder rate would be out of this world here. You feel me? Now, obviously, we got issues here in the city. But like my thing is, like because it works you know, for a few amount of, for a handful of people, it doesn't mean that every rapper needs to follow that blueprint because that's not the case it's not going to work for everybody especially if you're not really with the shits facts facts if you're not with the shits don't try to get yourself into that lifestyle bro it's not going to end up well for you man trust me man i don't i don't i don't talk when niggas diss me man i don't talk back i'm like because i'm not with the shits my nigga i'll sue your ass i'll be ready to sue niggas because i i ain't going back and forth with niggas man my nigga i tell my lawyers it's in that cease and cease <laughs> you know listen we go to court like i ain't trying to go that's like, the business side right that's the business I, I mean, side. I'm business. some things need to be handled like that because don't forget the feds are watching man i'm straight business man like the i'm feds are watching a watching. lot of and the thing is like you said the feds are watching a lot of these artists or a lot of people are again not because what they do on social media, what they do on these IG live, what they post on their stories, what they say in these comments and things like that. A lot of people are getting locked cause, locked up because of shit like that. So you're definitely right about them watching. It, it might be these 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 fake accounts. That those might be the feds. You know what I mean? You know, the best um, analogy I like to use is don't be Frank. Was it Frank Lucas? Don't be uh, American gangster wearing the fur coat to the fight. You don't want that attention. Same thing happens. Like if you ever watch that movie, you know, when Denzel wears the fur coat, that was the end of it. The feds is like, boom, there he is. Same kind of thing, right? Like if you want to succeed as an artist, maybe don't attract unwanted attention. All that's going to do is have the entities that be against you. And that just makes things harder. Like you don't want to climb a mountain where rocks are falling every two seconds and boulders are. You want to climb a mountain where you know, okay, you can make it up safely and get to the top eventually. But if you got boulders flying off that mountain every two minutes and you're ducking and dodging, you're spending more time ducking and dodging the bullshit than you are able to building your brand and your business and your and your career. Facts, you're definitely right about that. Just just shifting the conversation to more of the DJ side, and I'm not even gonna yes, please. Long. I got a couple more questions for you, right? So what I wanted to ask you, right? I feel like 
they always talk about radio. They say radio uh, makes superstars. You know yeah. what I mean? If, you, if you're on the radio 24-7, it makes superstars. So, like, how much do you really take to to get a radio campaign to get something really going like because so radio makes stars into superstars okay okay radio doesn't make superstars right you're not going to be coming out of your bedroom and then get put on radio and then all of a sudden you expect to be a superstar that's not going to happen what radio does is radio takes a star and turns them into a superstar turns them into a megastar has them top 10 on on the billboard hot 100 or on rhythmic radio or hip hop radio charts. Like that's what that'll do. So you, you need to, and I get this all the time. Like I, I don't, I only have a certain amount of spots I can play on the takeover. So let's say it's about 130 records I can put in there and that gives it a two week rotation, right? So somebody will get their song played maybe once every two weeks. If it's hot, maybe a little more than that. But like when I look at submissions, if you ain't got nothing else going on, if there's no videos on YouTube, if, if all you're hoping for is me playing your record to build your career, you are not ready for radio. You, you need to go back to like, I'm step 15. You need to go back to step one, two, three, four. And then when everything else is, so the main thing is somebody hears your music on the radio, they Google your name or they click that link. And then it opens up the world of what you're doing to them. And they can become a fan, right? Yeah. The, 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 and I'm not like when, when we say radio making superstars, we're talking about regular rotation, uh, 20 times a day songs playing. Right. Because yeah. radio is based on familiarity. A lot of yeah. people are like, well, why is the radio always play songs? Because it's based on familiarity. It's expecting people to only be listening 15, 20 minutes a time. And then you jump out of your whip, you go to the bank, you come back in. Right. So you want that regular, regular rotation. You got to have everything else to back it. You, you need to have a marketing budget. And I'm not just talking about, um, and no disrespect to what you're doing, but yeah, if somebody gets a billboard through you, they got to have more than that. Facts. Right? Like you want to have the billboard to promote your whole world. A good example is Goldie London. Right? Like she's coming out the gate hard now, but there's everything surrounding her. She has, it looks like she has her business right. Her marketing's right. The visuals are right. The image is right. So I will get behind somebody like Goldie London and do what I can do to push that because I believe once somebody types her up, they'll, the, the world of Goldie London opens up to them. And I'm just using her as an example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't expect radio to do it all for you. Yeah. Just like you can't expect social media to do it all for you. You got to play. You got to put everything into each component to, to building that whole thing. Like if we're using the analogy of going back into the kitchen, you got to have all the ingredients before you finna make a dope dish. Fact. So, so like, and a lot of people like, oh, I need to get on radio. Nah, you need to worry about the rest of your shit first. Make sure your business is right. Make sure you got a website at the very least, or make sure if I Google you, shit's popping up, not just some weak ass links. You feel me? Like I can see like shit's going, going in for you. Like, okay. And that doesn't mean you got to be a superstar. You just got to have all your ducks in order. You needed to do this. Sh- like your shit got to be mi- like, don't spend a hundred dollars mixing your record. And you tell me you want to be, show me that you went to the dopest dude to mix the record. You spent the guap. The shit sounds super nice. And you got your rollout. Like you got a rollout going on. But yeah, no, radio does not make superstars out of, uh, out of people who are in this, in the, like uh, the early stages of their career. Now don't get it twisted. There is an exception to every rule. Right. But the reality is, by the time you hit radio, you're already a star. Facts. People are already, and I'm not talking about uh, 20,000 followers on Instagram either. 
and 500 people on a live. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the numbers already support. Like most radio stations are not going to pick up your record until you hit top 200 Canadian streamers here in Canada. Jeez. Same situation in um, the US. They're not going to pick your shit up if the numbers don't support it. You know what I mean? And that's just the reality. Yeah, so you're right. That's dope, dope information you're giving out right now. So I really appreciate that. So I'm not going to hold you for too long. I got, I got a couple more questions for you before I let you go. Uh, Russ, she's always talking about being independent and, 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 and owning your masters and things like that. You actually went and signed with, with one of these record labels. Then, then Who's I, that? Russ, Russ the rapper. Russ, Russ, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So now he's independent. He was, and I was watching the interview he was doing. He was like, the only thing these record labels provide provided him was the playlisting and radio. He was okay. like, once you have a budget for radio, you could do that on your own and be independent on your own. If you have the budget to to to, to spend over a hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars to do radio campaign, you could do that on your own. And that's on the low end, eh? Like like work a record at radio, you better have a million dollars ready. Oh wow. Yeah. So you're talking like, about really working a record, like you're working a record cross north, not just on flow because remember flow is the only hip-hop station here in canada but right so you're trying to get your record working there's a lot that comes with that now yeah you can get your record in there but expect to be spending money if you want your career to blow up but you said something so like russ talks about you're able to do that all on your own if you can do it on your own go ahead then that works for you right but why so okay you own 100 percent of your masters but you only get 10 streams a month so you own 100% of nothing, basically. Pretty so much. it's okay. Yeah. Owning your master's works if you got your business right. If your business is right, you got the people around you. Um, and then, you know, you got everything you got going on and you don't need a label. You got bank. You got marketing dollars. You got a marketing budget. You can put billboards up. You can, you can, um, you can have your Google ads running. You can have, if that's, if you have that, and you have a team around you of people that know what they're doing in this day and age. Yeah. You don't need a record label, but uh, saying you want to own hundred percent of your masters and you're just in your bedroom and you don't know what's going on and you're refusing to give up. Uh, why would a label, why would anybody want to put money into you if they can't profit off of it? Sure. That's fact. So you're telling me as a label, I'm going to invest, let's say $2 million off the rip. Um, I'm going to invest too much, but then you want a hundred percent of your masters and I don't get nothing. Like what the fuck, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, facts, facts. You mean, know, when you get to a certain amount, a certain place in your career, and you're kind of on cruise control and you've built up your following, then you can follow that Russ thing. But Russ ended up signing to a label, did he not? Yeah, he did. Signing right. And we probably wouldn't know or we wouldn't be having this conversation about Russ if that yeah, initial label it. push wasn't there. Now he's in the part of his career where when he uh, fulfills his con contractual obligations, why go back to the label? The label already served its purpose. You feel me? So now you're going to go forward with your plan and you got the money where he now he can work his records already. But keep in mind, you do not hear Russ's records in full rotation on radio. So let's keep that in mind as well. Right. But for his purposes, he doesn't need to do that. His business is right. Maybe he's good. I'm not I'm not up on everything that's going on with his you know financials and his business side. But um, it, the whole thing about owning your masters and being independent is only if you can pull it off. If you can't pull that shit off, then you need help. You need to sign to a label. I was talking, uh, me and Soldier Boy was talking about this. And he's like, a label's offering you $100,000 to get up out the hood, to take care of your mommy, to take care of your... Do that. Why are you turning that deal down? What else are you going to get? What are Max. you holding out for? Max. 
right? You need to get out of that situation now because tomorrow you could be dead. Tomorrow you could be in jail. Tomorrow your mommy can need a surgery and you can't afford it. It's just like it's just like um, players going uh, skipping college and going playing one year uh, in China or in Europe and then joining the league. They can't wait because you could injure yourself in that year and your career could be over. Right. So what do they do? They skip college, fulfill the one year and then go right into the NBA, get the bag and then go on with it. It's kind of like the same thing. Like if the opportunity presents itself. Don't be so quick to say, nah, 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 to be independent, because if they're going to get you the shows, if they're going to get you this, if they're going to get you that and you can't do that on your own, then that's the, you know, that might be the way to go. You're right. And, 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 and what you said is crazy. And, and, it, and it's a sad story as well. And I've seen it happen right in front of her face. Uh, talking about the late rapper Houdini, he had many offers in L.A. He was talking about his interviews. I was reading an interview by him on Complex. He was saying how these labels were signing him. But he wanted to remain independent. You know what I mean. He wanted to stay independent. But by the time he come back to the city, like 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 Danger was waiting for him. Like like you said, if the labels offering you a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, take it. If you could live out in L.A., if it's gonna better your situation at the moment, and you're not signing away your life. Like nobody's saying to sign a five album deal, <laughs> ten album deal, or like do a three sixty and not have a lawyer look at your shit. Many rappers and musicians have made careers from signing with labels. Facts, facts. More yeah. so than that have gone independent. Let's keep that in mind, right? Facts. And shout out to so, Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez finest the whole label game, you know? Now he's independent doing his thing. Yeah. But so. look at that situation, too. As soon as he went independent, shit started going sideways. Now, that's a conspiracy theory. I don't know all the details, right. but... You never know. You but, never like, know. you know, I'm not saying to play, you know, to be a pawn in the game, but just understand the game and know uh, yeah, how to gotta, move you know. across the board. And I was reading, I was listening to an a, a interview about with Young Thug. He was saying all he needed was a platform. Once he get a platform on, he, he's on. Now he's putting all his all his people right. on his own label. He's just signed like fifteen artists. And now everybody's years. on. But at first, he had to get on though. He has to get on. That's that's the mindset artists gotta think. You know, gotta get. That's on. also the mindset, like because nowadays it's like you know in one set it's not just one dude rapping. Everybody's rapping, and sometimes it's crazy. You know, not naming no names, but sometimes like dudes in the same camp. Uh, let's say I'm playing a man's record. His homie will hit me like, yo, why are you playing so-and-so's record, but you're not playing my record? I'm like, man, that's the, that's a fucked up mentality to have, bro. You, you don't want your man winning unless you're winning? Nah, man. Like, let your man win. Like, for instance, like, look at uh, fuck, uh, Nelly and, uh, I don't know, St. Lunatics or whatever his clique was called, right? Yo, it wasn't like I'm trying to get, I don't know, whoever his homies were. I'm not trying to put the same. Like, no, it's like Nelly got on, made sure his shit was good. His shit's out of here. And then bring on the rest of the camp. Let everybody else win. Same thing like Young Thug, right? Yep, yep, it's yep, like yep. you got to put yourself in a position to win, whether it be independent, whether it be signing to a label, whether it be doing a partnership with a label, whatever the situation is, you need to put yourself in a position to win. If like, if nothing's going in for you, believe me, if somebody's offering you a label deal, you fucking take that deal because nothing else is going in. So nothing, nothing, nothing else is going, especially in the city. I don't, I don't see, I don't see artists getting signed like that. I see Warner just signed a Smiley, LB Spiffy, and Sony just signed a Swagger, right? So here and there they're signing, they're trying to thing with these Toronto artists. I see they're trying, you know what I mean? Which I give them props. But for. like, we can't look at Canada as the. Let's be honest, Canada is not the market for you to become a superstar. If that's what you're looking for, now there is that you can make a living. A lot of artists had made a living not breaking into the U.S. Right? Like once you start going overseas and you see that you can tour Germany and Hungary Peter, and Peter Albania Jackson, and France and. Qatar or wherever, bro, you'd be like, yo, I can get a bag without 
even touching a billboard chart, then that's that's like, you know, not everybody's finna be on the billboard hot 100. Some people are going to make their their ways doing like, you know, mid-level shows and they, they make a quarter million dollars a year, three hundred thousand dollars a year. And, and you smart with your money, you can finesse that into something. A lot of artists have done that here out of Canada, that's that, you know, that. more so than than who have you know, blown up and become superstars. Now, if you can become a superstar, by all means, that's what the goal. But sometimes maybe, you know, and I hate to say this because you don't want to stomp on any dreams. Sometimes it's like you might need to look at other paths. Fact, facts. So with the with the growth of streaming and like Spotify, Apple, Tidal and everything, right? And a lot of people talk, talking about streaming will, will be the death of radio. So what do you see radio in, in the next 10, 20 years? Um, as long as radio is free, Radio will never die. Okay. As long as radio is free and streaming costs money, radio will never die. Damn, big insight. Big insight. That's the reality of the situation. As long as you got a radio in your... Now, listen, if they stop putting FM radios in cars, you got something to worry about, right? Now, like, will things change eventually? Sure. But as long as you got to pay for something and somebody's offering something for free, there'll always be a segment of the population that'll take the free option. Oh, that's facts. Okay. Right? right. We look at such a small, sometimes here in Toronto, we put ourselves in our own little bubble, like yeah. with what we mean, our world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our world consists of. But you forget that there's a 42-year-old mom driving her kids to school that doesn't go on any blog pages, that's doesn't fall, and she might find you, and now she's a legit fan. And that's probably the fan that you want because that fan might have disposable income to actually buy your album, to yeah. actually physically purchase an album. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, maybe not, but what you don't want to do is isolate that person and just think that your fan base is only within your world. There could be a refugee from Syria that comes here, turns on the radio, likes your song, and all of a sudden he's a fan. But don't discount that fan. And that's what radio offers. It offers you to expand your horizons beyond your network, beyond your reach. Fact. So like I said, as long as it's free, it's as long as you can turn on your radio and you don't got to... Uh, you know, subscribe or give a credit card. I think radio ain't going anywhere anytime soon. It might evolve. It might change, but I don't think I don't think it's disappearing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You got yo. You got some crazy insights. Like I love your man. It's just facts, though, right? Like I think yeah, a lot yeah, of people think radio's dead. Nah, B. Radio. It's five million people in the GTA listen to radio. Damn. Five million. Like you can Google the numbers. You can go how much people listen to radio in Toronto, and it'll give you a bunch of resources where you can be like, oh shit. That's what's going on. So, yes, you got uh, 1,700 views or 10,000 views on your Instagram video that you posted um, or on YouTube. Let's say you get 12,000 views on YouTube over, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But you could your shit could play on the radio and 100,000 people just heard that in wow. one spin. Wow. Right? Yeah, and now on your radio, it says uh, so-and-so song by so-and-so. So you're not, now you know who that artist is. Like, you can, how are you discounting that? So, so do each radio play get 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 reported to SoCan? Is that why artists need to register with SoCan? If you want your check, now everything would register on MediaBase, from what I understand, right? So that tracks the spins. But yeah, if you want to check off your music, then you should be registered with a publishing company, or if not a publishing company, then SoCan. So, right? so like we're here, we're here, in, we're here in Canada, where SoCan is here set up for Canadian artists that it's not costing you really anything for you to go in there and, and register with SoCan so that you can, you know, get credit for your music. So when artists get their music play on Made in Toronto, so would they be able to get pay off of that? 
if they yeah if they have if they have a publishing deal somewhere oh. right and you don't have to have a deal to go to socan you can just go to socan register yeah. and then they will handle your publishing for you wow okay. of course Yo, if you guys are listening today, make sure you guys register for SoCan. This guy give register a for SoCan. Like you can, I mean, maybe not in the current climate, but you can walk. You can walk into their office when you know when life is normal again. You can go into Factor. I urge everybody to go into Factor and say, "Hey, listen, I'm a new artist. Can you uh, let me know what you guys can do for me? Like, if there's government agencies that are set up to help you move your career along, why wouldn't you want to take advantage of that?" Yo, especially they don't have that in the states. Canada. Ah, no, like I don't like no, not in North America. I mean, there might be some countries. I think Australia has something like that. Maybe New Zealand, but like, there's no and 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 that the reason for that is to um is to protect Canadian heritage to make sure that our the Canadian voice is being heard, right? And and in being next to an American market. So that's why the government, from my understanding, offers this you know these grants and um and whatnot. So you're gonna want to take advantage of that. Why wouldn't you? Now listen, is um, you know, eight spins on the Made in Toronto takeover gonna make you a millionaire? No, nah, not at all, bro. I think it's like five. Like you know, you I don't know what the spins are, how much your checks are, but nah. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if you're getting played, um, on various radio stations all the time, that's gonna accumulate. So you sure. don't want your publishing set up for that. True. So if you could change or improve anything about the music industry, like what would it be? Anything uh, that DSPs gave artists their fair share of money because now since you can't since nobody's going into uh hmv or whatever to go buy a a cd um you know that's where people were able to make money um you know somebody gets a million views what are they making i don't know forty thousand dollars and that's off of youtube if that right not even forty thousand dollars what am i talking about like maybe fourteen thousand dollars more like it yeah 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 and on the dsps it's even worse so right. that's why artists yeah, five thousand dollars. So you're telling me an artist got to put a record out every three days? That also degrades the quality of the music because now you're just rushing to put out as much product as possible to get your streams up, to get numbers, to get a check. You know, I think if the DSPs um, came into it with a fair deal for the artist, we would get a lot more quality music versus quantity. Music. Okay, okay. Like, okay. there's so much music coming out, bro. That sometimes I don't even want to hear shit. I'm just like, no, trust me, man. These days. These days, no, I loved sitting with an album for two months, three months. I love that an artist dropped one project every year or every two years, and I got to appreciate that. I like, you know, I don't like when I, you know, like I remember a J album used to drop, you were picking up gems off the J album three months down the road. Shit was making sense. You're like, oh, wait a minute, he said this, this, and you were listening for two and a half months and never picked up that line. And on the third month, you picked up that line, like, you know, the, the black album or whatever, like. You know, I want like I would like to appreciate music, but I also know that the quality of the music has to be there. And if you're in a situation where you got to put out as much music as possible to catch a check, quality is definitely going to be um, compromised. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's definitely gonna be compromised. So if I could change anything about the music industry, it's that the uh, the powers that be played fair and shared profits a little bit more. Yeah, Maybe that. partnerships. I'm not sure what the case would be, but you're right. Like being on the radio, I find like man, you like. You just listen to you on the radio. It's like it always seemed like you're so positive. You're always happy and smiling and things like that. You could you could hear it to your voice. Yeah, but that's also the job, right? Like yeah, that's also the I, job. Because I can be pissed as fuck, and then that mic turns on, and I gotta put on a smile, and and be that person. And also, you know, you're trying to make people happy. Nobody wants to tap into the radio and hear you pissed off. You feel me? So yeah, like, dude, that's what I was gonna ask you. Like, what advice you could share with everyone, anybody that's going to be listening to this podcast, 
on how to keep going and staying positive, especially going to COVID right now. Like, how 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 do you stay positive? Man, I just, um, my family, bro. Like to be honest with you, like you know, I haven't, um, and especially as you get a little older, you notice your circle gets a little smaller. You feel me? So it's not like I've gotten a, uh, you know, I get off by being in the clubs, right? Like you know, you that's where I that's where I be working at, yelling into a mic, DJ, whatever. That's throwing events. That's kind of like where I feel comfortable and that's where I get my social experience from. So with that being gone, it's like focusing on bettering myself, man, taking some time to like heal myself. And when I say heal, it's like, you know, um, if a lot of us grow up in the quote unquote streets, you know, there's some damage done that we don't even realize. So this two years I've been able to self-reflect and take care of myself, bro. Like, you know, um, drink less, take care of myself and just being around my family and succeeding makes me happy. You know what I mean? Success makes me happy. And I just don't want anything to hinder that. So I just focus on my game, focus on my family, mind my goddamn business Facts. and uh, chase my bag, bro. Like nothing's good. Nothing's nothing's um, nothing's going to get me sidetracked from, from what I'm doing. You feel me? So like, yeah, no, but to be honest with you, man, just uh, my family, bro. And, and, and COVID has, has kept me sane and happy. And, uh, you know, I like smoking some loud every night kind of keeps the mind, you know, the mind at ease. But um, yeah, nah, man, the family, bro. Yeah. Okay. Dope, dope. So she said success. So what, what, what's been your best accomplishment so far then? Like to why you uh, being a father. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah no, amount of money. Um, I'm happy. Right. Like I don't need $25 million next year. Um, Like, you know what I mean? I got myself set up. Yeah, I know that I can fail. Like my goal, bro, is to um get the bag and disappear. Shut down my Instagram, shut down everything. And like, you know, the only way you'd be able to get a hold of me is if you have my phone number. You feel me? Like, that's my goal in life is to like just fade to black. Be like, all right, I'm out of like, I don't need to be. And I, and I love the radio. Don't get me twisted. Like, I love everything I do, but at the I want to go and uh just enjoy life. Be like, you know what I mean? I just want to enjoy my life without having to worry about anything else. So um, yeah. But like, yeah, being a father is definitely my greatest um, accomplishment, man. That's like, that's success because I see that I can impart something onto the next generation and I can, and all the mistakes, you know, talking about making mistakes and making sure that, you know, my, I can, I see my children and I'd be like, yo, I can, this means something like the, 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 the $2,500 Louboutins in the, in the closet don't mean shit. The jewelry don't mean shit. The whips don't mean shit. Like, it don't mean shit if there ain't nobody to take it after you leave. Sure, sure, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Like, you're not taking that shit to the grave with you. So, like, seeing my kids here um, makes me want to hustle more, in part making me more, like, want to be more successful. Yeah. But that's what that's what drives me. That's what, that's what, like, these days where I'm at in my life, just chilling. And, like, after we get off of this, just going to play with my kids. Yeah, yeah. This is what I like. Success. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I got a nice, you know, I got a little nice house. I drive a nice car. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. Anything else that comes on top of it, so be it. My last two questions for you, man, before I let you go, man. So, what, what is the best advice you like, like throughout your whole 20 years of career? What is the best advice somebody gave you? You know, um, I remember I was like 15 or 16 years old and me and my partner went on our first tour. We DJed in a crew called Ill Kids and uh, I was in high school. So my mom had to write a note um, to the principal saying I allow my son to go on a two week tour across Canada. But I was in um, Vancouver and we were nervous, man. We we're like 15, 16 years old, maybe 17. We're young. And, um, you know, we're playing in Vancouver. It's a packed house, like a thousand people in there nervous as fuck. And I remember at the end of the night, I went to the uh, promoter 
shout to the dude, uh, G, the dude's G-Man and Risk out there. I went to uh, G-Man and I'm like, yo, how do we do? And uh, he came back to me and he says, well, I can't answer that question for you. And I'm like, well, what the fuck you mean you can't answer the question? He's like, uh, the question I have is like, did you have fun? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I had fun, bro. I had, he's like, then, then you did, you did the, you know, I can't ask anything more than that. Then you did amazing. And I'm like, what the fuck you mean by that? He's like, first of all, if you weren't having fun, it's probably mean because people weren't having fun. And you wouldn't be happy and you would know that you did a shit job. So like the best piece of advice I have is make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Right? Like, and if you're going to be a rapper on stage, if you're not having fun, don't expect the crowd to have fun. If you're not putting everything into your um, performance and you're wondering why everybody's standing around, because they're looking at you and you don't look like you're having fun. So if you're not having fun, they're not going to have fun. So like that was a piece of advice that I carry through to this day. Like if I'm not going to enjoy doing something, I don't care what the bag is. If I'm not going to enjoy doing it, fuck it. I'm not doing it because it's not going to end up in something positive. Like it's not going to end up in something that anybody enjoys. Facts. You're right. Make sure you enjoy what you're doing. Don't try to be a rapper because everybody else is being a rapper and you don't like it. Yo, that's some dope ass advice. I'm going to take that damn advice to myself. I ain't doing whatever the fuck I'm doing. Like that's Mm. fact. Yo, my last question for you moving forward, man. What can everybody expect from you, especially from Made in Toronto? What's next for you? Um, yo, man, like I, I have some business endeavors that, um, you know, uh, are going to be happening over the next year or so as things gradually open up. Um, so I'm going to be exploring my entrepreneurial side. I continue. I plan to continue doing what I do on the radio. And at some point in time, uh, maybe artist development, artist management, you know, when I feel you know, like going back to being a manager. And um, I say this because if anybody's listening, like I want to be a manager. When you're a manager, the artist is the most important person in your life. More important than your kids. More important. When I say that, like loosely, but like that person's priorities come before your own priorities. So like, you know, if I can get to a part of my life where I can offer that kind of attention to an artist, then um, that might be, I think, the natural progression for me is to uh, get into artist development, artist management, possibly a label. But like I said, I only want to do things when the when the opportunity and the timing is right, when I can give it my all. Okay, that's dope, man. That's if I'm going to be on radio, then how can I focus on that? So right now, I'm just like, you know, focusing on, on, on the business side of my own entrepreneurial-ish and then just doing what I'm doing, having fun, man. I'm having fun on radio. Uh, I'm having fun doing the takeover. I'm not in a rush to kind of you know, jump out of that into something else anytime soon. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're doing your thing, man. Like I said, I listened to you to the radio when I had a job, but I don't have no job no more. So I'm still trying to listen to you. And Congratulations. Yo, bro, bro, I'm taking, I'm taking on full force, bro. I'm going all the way in. I'm not holding back no more. But I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I've been following you for a minute. You're a positive guy. It, it, it really, just seeing you doing what you do, it keeps me motivated to keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Because you so you doing all this shit for people. You don't get nothing out of it. Like that's like it makes me want to like put keep putting on whatever wherever I can. You know what I mean? Wherever I right. can get that, it it motivates me. If nobody told you that, I'm telling you that. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I facts, appreciate facts, you. Facts. But yeah, man, I if I could share one last thing, man, let's let's start smiling more, man, and stop grilling less. That's facts. how you get the. That's how the more people you connect with, the more. The more bread that comes in, man. So that's just my one little piece of advice to anybody that's listening here. Next time you see somebody that looks like you, maybe offer up a dabs before you screw face. That's that would I think that little that little thing there, especially for people you don't know, will change. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much that'll change a whole community. Yo, facts, positive energy, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. you coming in the show, man. Thank you guys for like tuning in. 
Make sure you guys check out the the podcast. Listen to all previous episodes. Thank you very much for tuning in one more time, man. I appreciate you. Listen to the Flow 93.5, the hottest station in Toronto, man. You already know what it is, man. All right, my guy. Thanks for having me. Ah, good night, man.